Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here we go again. Wow. Where did this last week go so fast? Mike Kapler with Joel Brzezinski, Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. Hope you're having a good one out there as we head into another new year. And uh, I hope it's a good one for you. But regardless of what your circumstances are in this life, in this world, we've got something much more significant to cling to, and that's the good news that came to us through Jesus Christ. And we're here on a weekly basis with our approximately 14 minutes a week just to remind you of this good news. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Calf, about whatever your circumstances are. Mine are always perfect and fine and good, so <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> now it's true. All kinds of stuff happens in life. Mike Warnke, the Christian comedian, I just remember the title of one of his comedy albums, Stuff Happens. And, uh, you know, sometimes the stuff of life is good and sometimes it's not so good. But do, in, do indeed stay encouraged in the Lord Jesus Christ. And hopefully this good news that we share on the podcast here will uh, lift your spirits a little bit. We do receive comments from people, and we're thankful for that, uh, that uh, something that we've said, maybe it's a line that one of us spoke, or whether it's the, a podcast in general and, and, and a message, or the podcast itself as a whole, whether it's a single podcast or the multiple podcasts that we do that encourage people. We're thankful that you uh, let us know about that, because that's what we're here for. The good news is meant to make you feel good. Nothing wrong with feeling good <laughs> about your life in Christ. <laughs> Well, um, I don't think I said it. I think you might have said it last week, Joel, but I, I've got to encourage our listeners to go back and catch the last two podcasts. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. That's our law. That's our one law. We got to remind yes. people to do that. Yeah, because we have been on a little bit of a roll here on a particular subject, and I think it would really help you out if, if you heard of what we had to say before what you hear today, because it's hard to go back over everything. We, we try to cover some of it briefly, but, but uh, we've been talking about the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the morality tree, how it was connected to the law that came through Moses, and how even today, whether it's by law or by just good Christian morals, we tend to still want to eat from that wrong tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And really what the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was back in the garden when Adam and Eve ate from it in their attempt to be like God, to pursue good and avoid evil, when they were in that position of taking the fruit that they were told not to take, death came as they were warned it would come. And the law of Moses that came many years later and the covenant that was established with Israel and the Jews, it was really just an extension of what occurred back in the garden with that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the, the law tree, the morality tree. It was God attempting to illustrate, really not only to the Jews, but in my opinion, all of mankind, that you cannot accomplish this, avoiding evil and trying to do good. It does not bring life. It will always bring death. With that, I turn it over to you, Mr. Yeah. Joel. Yeah, whether people realize it or not, you know, the whole world is under this thing, apart from those who have come to know Christ. Because here's the thing, all of this began... You know, this whole pursuit of morality, 
the pursuit of the knowledge of good and evil. It began in the Garden of Eden with Eve and the, the tempter tempting Eve and then Eve sharing what she was tempted with with Adam. When that happened, of course, as we shared the last couple weeks, instead of the desired result, which was wisdom and being able to do good and, and avoid evil, death came. The desired result didn't come. Same with the law. When the law came, death, bondage, guilt, all these things came that uh, weren't desired. But the thing is, whether a person is a believer or not, whether a person is an atheist or a Hindu or a Muslim or of any, just pick any religion in the world or any non-religion, any non-religious person, they were all still born in Adam. And there's this thing that's inside people that causes them to pursue the knowledge of good and evil. Now, in some people, the fruit of that looks pretty bad. And you find a lot of, and, and in general here, we find a lot of bad people in the world always doing bad things and maybe doing a few good things here and there. And you also find a few good people in the world, people who are always doing good and maybe doing a few bad things here and there. And so, like we were saying last week, we tend to think that we're trying to make bad people good or we're trying to make good people better, but that's not what Christ came for. He did not come to make bad people good. He came to bring people who were pursuing good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil, I should say. I want to clarify that. It's not good and evil, but it's the knowledge of good and evil that people pursue, trying to bring them from that to life. So again, all human beings are under this condition, when they're born in Adam, under this condition where they have this innate desire somehow to pursue the knowledge of good and evil. And uh, what Jesus Christ wants to draw people to is instead is to life. Interesting. It's so interesting, Joel. And, and I'm thinking, e- even after the fall, and we touched on this a couple of podcasts ago, but God covered Adam and Eve with coverings of skin that came from from animals, and he clothed them. And then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. So, you know, this is what happened after the fall. He did become like one of us to know good and evil. Man already had an identity of life in God, but now he also knew good and evil, uh, which was a place of death for man. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, Therefore, the Lord sent him out of the Garden of Eden, and he was going to have to go till his own ground. And so, again, religion doesn't bring life. Religion is is man pursuing something from God, whereas in, in, in true Christianity, we have life that has been given to us by God. We're not trying to attain it. The other thing, too, I think, Joel, is, again, comparing what Paul compared in 2 Corinthians 3 with the ministry of death versus the ministry of the Spirit. What do we have today when it comes to godly living and and righteousness and holiness and and love that is demonstrated in and through us? It's, It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's the difference between our effort of trying to do good versus the Spirit of God bearing that fruit through us. And it's abiding in Christ, who is the tree of life, and we will live forever, as God just made a reference to before its time back in Genesis. And he also turned to the serpent and said, hey, one day, this woman's seed, his heel is going to bruise your head. So God was declaring even then, 
a man was going to come that was going to win back redemption. And while we still live in a fallen world, we're still wearing clothes, there is still death going on, and death may be the last enemy that will be put under the feet of God, and, and then there will be a, a further restoration. But there has been a, a redemption provided for us through Jesus Christ, and it brings life, and it's for all eternity. We, we have eternal life, and again, we've talked about this before, but eternal life isn't just living from this point until the end of an age that will never have an end. Eternal life is also going back. It, it never had a beginning. It has always existed. That's, that's the life of God. Life that has always been and always will be, that's the life we abide in. Yeah, and an, another thing about eternal life is that it's not just, like you were saying, a, like a time period or whatever, but it's eternal. Uh, and Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, he was praying to the Father, of course, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And so eternal life is knowing God. It's knowing Jesus Christ. That's what eternal life is. That's what we have in Jesus Christ. And again, we contrast that with the death that came through the law and through the knowledge of good and evil. And something that you brought out um, real briefly um, last week, Cap, about this life, and you were just talking about the fruit that comes from the Spirit. Jesus said in John 15... He talked about himself being the vine, and where are the branches that are part of the vine. And the branches don't bear any fruit in and of themselves. That's what people are doing when they're going after the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the law, trying to bear fruit by themselves. But Christ said, you can't do anything apart from me. But, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me... You can do nothing. And uh, the next verse kind of scares some people, and it shouldn't, but it says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them on the fire, and they are burned. Well, he's talking about, see, if you're a believer, you've been born again. You've been made a new creation. You're in Christ. You abide in Christ, because there's nowhere else that you can go. <laughs> Once you're in Christ, it's not like you're abiding one moment and then not abiding the next, because abiding means to stay or to remain, and that's what we do in Christ. It's like, how do I abide in a room? Well, you just, you're in that room. You don't try to abide, you're just there. And in Christ, that's where we are. And so, because we're in him, and he is the life, he is the way, the truth, and the life, we do abide in him as believers, and those who don't believe, those are the ones who aren't abiding in him. But as believers, we bear much fruit, because apart from him, we can do nothing, and with him, we can do all things. I like that. I like that about uh, abiding, because most people have it in their heads because of the religious stuff they've heard. They think that in order for me to be abiding in Christ, I need to be doing stuff, and I need to be doing the right stuff, and I need to avoid the bad stuff. And, and we, it takes us right back to where we started from in the garden. I also liked what you said about knowing him because Adam had this relationship with God. They walked together in the garden. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what pictures come into the minds of people when they try to picture that. But I want you to think about this. The man that we know as Jesus Christ who died on the cross, God the Son, was walking with Adam in that garden. Wow. Think about that. God prophesied about himself when he turned to the serpent and said, I'm going to come. I I'll be a man. 
because it had to be a man to, to win this victory back. That's why God couldn't just step in and fix everything because he'd already given man dominion and he couldn't violate his word. And so it was going to be a man that was going to win this back. And, and wow, what a plan it was from the beginning of time. But, but what God was trying to do throughout the entire scripture leading up to the cross was trying to show people that they could not do this. They could not abide by that tree of the knowledge of good and evil and try with their best effort to put their own morality into the mix. It just wasn't ever going to work. Man, there's so much more to be said about this, Joel, but uh, <laughs> we, we've covered a lot of ground here the last few weeks on it. Yeah, we've, we've said a lot, and, and, and to summarize, I mean, and it's hard to give a summary, uh, because again, like you said, there's so much to be said. But the big picture here is we're not trying to change from evil to good. We're trying to change from good and evil to life. That's what the big difference is. That's what the big contrast is in Christ Jesus. Well, all of this leads us to, believe it or not, the battle of identity. Adam lost the battle of his identity. Jesus Christ, he knew his identity. He won the battle when Satan tempted him, unlike when Satan had tempted Adam. So we'll talk about that, the battle of identity, next week on Growing in Grace at growinginggrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.